Several years ago, there was a preacher, and uh, he had a, a painting friend. And they were painting, painting one day, and, uh, and he said to his friend, who was a professional painter, um, looks at him and, and says, you know, uh, I don't know if you know this, but, but uh, painters are a lot like prophets. He said, I didn't know that. He said, as they're rolling along, he said, yeah, yeah. He said, the message of the prophets, repaint, repaint, you thinners. I like that one. <laughs> I remember a comic strip many years ago. In this comic strip, there's an old, older man with a long beard, kind of wearing tattered clothes. And he's kind of toward the end of a road. What, what his sign didn't say, but maybe he should have said, was, you know, bridge out. But instead, he held a sign by the side of the road that just said, the end is near. I want to talk to you this morning about the last day, the final day. Some people call it the day of judgment. Some people call it the day of the Lord. I want to talk about that day. On that day, you understand that there is destruction for some and deliverance for others. We've, we've talked some about that. On that day, the final day, the day when Jesus comes again, there will be for evil absolute destruction. If, if we read Second Peter, we, we understand that there's probably going to be this, um, this sense, this, this reality where evil melts away, that God is going to bring some kind of judgment that burns away the evil in the world. That that's what's in store for those who are evil. That's what's in store for those who, who have opposed God. On the other side, there is absolute, ultimate deliverance. God has brought His justice, and, and there is for those who have, have followed Him, who have been faithful, who have trusted Him, uh, there is for them this, this incredible new reality, right? If we believe Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 15, we, we understand that, that when that reality dawns, when Jesus comes a final time on that final day, a deliverance means we get new bodies. Anybody amen on that? I mean, aches and pains and, and all of that goes away. New physical bodies. It means Dave Carlson. I'm sorry, Dave. I just It's too good to be true. I, I have to do it. He will have a full head of hair. <laughs> and Nancy will be able to, you know. <laughs> On that day, Dave, it's going to happen. Nancy's going to run her fingers through his hair. On that day. Isn't that a great day? 
That'll be a great... <laughs> It'll be the only amen I get all sermon. Man, that'll be a great day. New heaven, new earth, new walking around. I want to talk to you this morning about that day. The question, of course, we want to ask about that day is when? When will this day be? If you're not asking it, I'm going to ask it for you. When, Lord, will this day be? Now, now here's the problem with asking that question. There's not an answer. The Bible doesn't tell us when. We can't turn to a chapter and verse and say, well, you know, two months from now, you better be ready. It just says simply, you better be ready. It doesn't give us an answer of just exactly when. And, and all those who, who over the centuries have decided that they want to try and establish a date have failed. So maybe the question we're asking is not when. Not when, Lord, will this happen, but how long do we have to wait? Why is it that we're still here 2,000 years later, uh, uh, maybe our, 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 the longing of our heart kind of sounds like the psalmist when he says, How long, O Lord? How long? It's interesting when we get into 2 Peter uh, that, that, that Peter is, is facing very similar kinds of questions. You see, in the, in the first century church, it was long held that, uh, that, that Jesus would return there was this uh, expectation that the final day would come before anybody had died. And yet, here we are, centuries and centuries later, asking the same sort of question. And, and Peter begins to, to try and articulate a response, a perspective that helps us understand, how long, O oh Lord? Why is it that we're still waiting? And he gives us incredible perspective. I invite you to 2 Peter. We're going to be in chapter 3. I invite you to 2 Peter. Turn in your Bibles. Uh, if, they're, if you're using the Pew Bibles in front of you, I believe it's page 854. We turn to page. Page 854, 2 Peter, chapter 3. What we're going to find, what we're going to find is that is that Peter is going to give us a perspective on time. A perspective on time that really begins to answer questions. Answers questions to the antagonist and to the anxious. To those who mock God and, and to those who believe that God is coming back. Again, he's going to give us a timetable. And if we're willing... If we're willing this morning to believe in the timetable, it will strengthen our trust table. He gives us a timetable to strengthen our trust table. 2 Peter chapter 3, and I want you to look first in verse 8. He gives us a timetable. He says, don't forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, 
A day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. In Peter's day, there were some antagonists. Uh, there were those who, who knew that it had been a long time uh, since Jesus had, had gone and, and He had not come back yet. And, and even in their own day, even there in the first centuries of the church, there were those that were antagonistic toward God saying, Oh, it's been a long time. Look how long it has been. Everything's just going to go on like it always has been. Look back in verse 4. He says, They will say, Where is this coming? He promised. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the very beginning of creation. Uh, he, he has said earlier in verse 3 that there's going to be scoffers in these last days. Now, now what is that? The last days. If we read Scripture, we understand it, we, we open it up, we study what, what Peter would have meant by these last days. Here's what he's talking about. He's not talking about ultimate sensationalism of the last generation on earth. When Scripture writers talk about the last days, they're talking about that time between Christ's first coming and His final coming. They're talking about that time between the cross and His coming. I've heard the analogy used. It's, it's like the, the, the time in between D-Day and B-Day. And so now, for, for two millennium, 2,000 years, we have been living in the last days. We're living in the last days now, just as they were living in the last days before. And there are some who, who have continued that kind of chorus. Well, it's been 2,000 years. Uh, it must just go on and on and on without end. They buy into that song by Elton John, right? It's the circle of life, and it rules us all. You see, that, that, that idea that, that, there, that life is just one big circle, that, that we, if we were to put our lives on a, a continuous video loop, that that's what it would be. We're born, we live, we die. We're born, we live, we die. We're born and we live, we die. That's just everything. Uh, it's this idea that, that God somehow, if He even created the universe, just, just set it up like a, like a clock and let it go. Never to touch it again. When I was a kid, we had these little penny cars. Does anybody know the penny cars? We'd have these they're tiny little cars, and, and what you would do is you'd, you'd kind of uh, take them and you'd hold them on a deck and you'd pull them back, right, and wind them up, and you'd put a little penny in the back and you'd just let it go. What these people are saying is that God started the thing. He put the penny in it and He just let it go. And he's not intervening and he doesn't care and it, and, and it just is going to continue to go forever and ever and ever and ever. I want you to notice something about these people. He says they're following their own evil desires. There may be some who don't want to acknowledge a final day because it doesn't agree with their lifestyle. 
Because if they have to come and face a day of judgment, it means that they might have to adjust their behavior. Now think about it for a moment. If I don't have to acknowledge that a final day is coming that is going to call me to reckon me to every standard of living, then, well, I can... I can live like the song says nowadays, I'm free to do what I want and have a good time. Right? I'm free to do what I want and have a good time. But, if we have been waiting in the last days for 2,000 years, we have to adjust ourselves to the clock that is not ours. We have to adjust our timetable to that which is God's. And even though it's been 2,000 years plus, if we go by Peter's clock here in verse 8, he says, the answer to our waiting is that God does not use Google calendars. For him, it's only been a couple days. I have a two-year-old son. Um, He's a wonderful builder. He he can create things. He will take these blocks and stack them one on top of another and top of another on top of another. Are you all with me? He loves to stack things very high. He's the creator and the originator of of all of that's wonderful in in the world of tower blocks. Right? But let me also tell you that it's entirely on his timetable when it gets destroyed. If you were to try and come in and destroy it, he would fuss and cry. But let me also tell you that you may want to save it. And he'll come in and go, We don't own the world. We didn't create it. We didn't invent it. We're not the owners of it. So if you think this morning that God's not going to intervene, that everything goes on just like it always has in the circle of life, then you misunderstand God. Because it's entirely on His timetable that He will come. And He will come. And He's proven it. Look with me in verse 5. They deliberately forget that long ago, by God's Word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Uh, He's saying so clearly, when you understand God's timetable, He keeps His own appointments. And He will come. And He has shown that He will before and He will again. He takes us back to the flood and He says, "Don't, don't you remember... God created this and 
And he brought a flood and destroyed it and started over. If he did it before, he can do it again. Not only is he saying that, but he's saying when he talks about the the creation of the universe, he's saying, do you really think that God just let it go? No. God holds it. He started it and He sustains it. It's sustained on Him and through Him day by day, constantly, right now as as the earth hurls through space. God is the one sustaining it. So you better believe that He's coming. But He's not on our appointment. He's got His own timetable. And what we need to know about the timetable of God is that it ought to strengthen our trust table. God is answering those who would be antagonists to His coming back. But the timetable also answers those who are anxious. I started off this morning just saying, I want to talk about the final day. And I talked about the goodness of it. And, and many of you were like, yeah. I mean, we kind of felt that in the room, right? I, I want new bodies. I want the good. And I, I want to be away with the bad. Let's, let's have new heaven. Let's have new earth. We're anxious. How long, oh Lord? Let this happen. Let your justice come, right? But let me ask you this. What are we really asking? I love talking about my kids, partly because they're great sermon illustrations. I have a daughter. Her her name is Lydia. She's nine years old, and uh, she's getting the concept of money. So she'll get money, and she'll, she'll save it, and sometimes she'll go into a store and, and now, you have to understand, the context is she, she has been given um, and has like 8,376 dolls. But she will walk into a store, she'll have money burning a hole in her pocket, and she'll go, Dad, look at the doll! And I'll be like, Lydia, you don't need another doll. And she'll, she'll, she'll come back at me and she'll say, but Dad, it's my money, right? And I'll say, it is your money. I'm not sure that you should spend your money here. Sometimes, when we think about the last day, when we're anxious about God coming, we, we can approach it like a nine-year-old, can't we? I want to spend it here. I want you to spend it now. I want you to come right now. But if Lydia saves her money, like she did actually this last week, she knows that there might be something better to come. Why has God not come? Is it because He's slow? Is it because he's just not with it? Is it because he doesn't understand the evil that exists in the world? No. 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 Everything couldn't couldn't be further from the truth. Don't be too anxious. 
Don't be too anxious to have God come just yet. Because God is gracious. Because God is merciful. Because His character demonstrates the kind of grace that you and I have experienced. I confess to you, there have been ups and downs in the relationship with my mom and dad. There have been ebbs and flows. Today, my goodness, I talk with my parents regularly. We, we converse with one another about things that really matter. And I think, what would have happened had... Had God come early? Had He already come? I have lost the opportunity to enjoy the relationship with my mom and dad. Look at verse 9. Peter writes, The Lord is not slow. He's not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. Not wanting anyone to perish, but, but for everyone, all, without exception, to come to repentance. For those of us who are anxious for the Lord's final return, because we want what that day means be careful what you, what you wish for. God in His grace and His goodness and His mercy and His kindness says, I've not yet come because I know who's still out there. His timetable ought to strengthen our trust table. And if you believe this morning, if you would say, if, if I were to ask for a raise of hands, which I'm not, but if you could say in and of your, your heart, your, your life, I believe that Jesus is going to come back, that there is that day when He will arrive, then what Peter is asking of you is that you use the time that's available to you to search out and know the heart of God. You see, God's heart is for those who are not yet here. You see, around here, we, we have these statements, right? One of them is, we love invitation. Invite, share, serve. It's not just a, a catchy slogan. It really is supposed to mean something. And when we talk about invitation... What we're talking about is that God has given us a timetable now to begin to act toward our neighbors, toward our friends, toward our co-workers, toward our family. Because God is not slow as we understand slowness. He's patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but all to come to Him in repentance. And so you, you and I, 
We have this incredible opportunity to take advantage of the time that God has given us so that we can go and say, I believe that there is a day when God will rectify all things, that it will come. And when He does, there will be final destruction and final deliverance. And I want my friends, I want my family, I want my co-workers to be there. Do you believe that a final day is coming? And if you do, will you take advantage of the time to bring others to repentance? Will you bring them and invite them, not just to a church, but into this relationship with Jesus? And it implies something else. Not only for the believer that they would invite, that they would share Christ. But maybe you're here this morning, you wandered in somehow, some way, and you're asking yourself the question, well, what does this day, what does this timetable say for me? It says quite clearly, it's time for you to repent. It's time. It's time for you to take wherever your life is right now and to turn, and not just to turn around, but, but to turn and face God. And so today, right now, you have the opportunity, before it is too late, before that time does come when you can't do it anymore, the time is now. God's timetable. God's timetable needs to strengthen our trust table. Let's pray. Gracious God, I thank you for your good word. Um, my prayer, Lord God, is that, that we'll take seriously, that we believe, and not just with our heads, and not just even with our hearts, but Father, we, we will believe with our legs that if a day is coming, we will act. Father, for the antagonist, I pray that they would realize that you're being patient with them. For the anxious, I pray, Father, that you would help us realize that your character needs to flow through us. Thank you, Lord, for your good word. All this we pray in Jesus' name.